time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life. I began to think back to high school. And I began to think about pickup lines. And especially pickup lines that guys use. But I know girls use pickup lines too. So here's 25 pickup lines that when I say them or when you hear them from somebody... You need to just run. Just run. Okay, here's the pickup lines. I got to get into character. Okay, ready? Ready? I have never dated anyone like you before. Number one, I've never dated anyone like you before. If you hear that, you run. Number two, I can't even make myself think about another girl. Number three, you're my dream come true. Number four, I feel like I've known you forever. You ever hear that one? How many have heard that one? Come on. Cheesy. Number five, we're going to be together forever. It's like we're already married. You tuck tail and run right there. You just run. Number six, we won't go all the way, so it's okay. Run, run. Number seven, I was doubting our relationship, but now I know we were meant to be together. Number eight, God, I believe God brought us together. That is terrible. Blaming God. Just blame God. Number nine. I have never told anyone else this before. Yeah, you know what's coming next. Number ten. The simple phrase, I love you. Run. Just run. Just run. Number 11, I'm on a mission from God. No one's ever heard that one? Worked for me all the time. I'm just kidding. All right, number 12. These are getting good. Baby, you're like a student, and I'm like a math book. You solve all my problems. Run. Number 13, did you fart? Because you just blew me away. <laughs> That's my favorite one. It never worked for me, but it was my favorite one. Number 14. You must be in the wrong place because the Mr. Universe contest is over there. I may not be a genie, but I can make your dreams come true. Number 16, this is one of my favorites too. If I were a booger, I'd pick you first. (laughs) I love that one. 17, 17. Why does it feel like the most beautiful girl in the world is in this room? Oh boy. It's getting high in here. Okay, 18. 
Life without you is like a broken pencil, pointless. <laughs> Number 19, can I take a picture of you so I can show Santa just what I want for Christmas? Guys, do not use these. <laughs> Number 20. I like this one. Let's make like fabric softener and snuggle. <laughs> Number 21. Are you an alien? Because you just abducted my heart. 22. I hope there's a fireman around because you're smoking. I love 23. 23. I'm like chocolate pudding. I look like crap, but I'm as sweet as can be inside. <laughs> I love it. 24. Are you a parking ticket? Because you got fine written all over you. All right. Come on up here. Number 25. And then we have Nico's. Are your legs tired? Because you've been running through my mind all day. Mm. Oh. All right, I got a pickup line that actually works. Or should I say pickup pick up move? Evelyn, come here. Pickup move. I like this. All right, guys, take notes. Are you guys watching? This is what you do. Hey, can you hold this? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Good work. Good work. It's awesome. It really worked. So if you hear or see any of those pickup lines, just run. Get out of there. Don't mess with it. You know, how do we really choose someone to date? I mean, yeah, there's cheesy pickup lines, there's all that stuff, but I actually want to go through. I want to go through three girls, and we're going to read their profiles, and we're going to go through three guys, and we're going to read their profiles, and we've got to really try to decide which one that we'd want to date. It's going to be on the screen. The writing's a little small. I'm going to read them to you. So first here, let's do the first lady. It's Brooklyn Smith. She goes to Pine Creek High School, class of 2013. Her religious views are, I love Jesus, favorite quotations, I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her. That's out of a movie, I think. Uh, take love, multiply it by infinity, and take it to the depths of forever, and you still have only a glimpse of how I feel for you. That was in Meet Joe Black, something that she likes. Let's go to her books. What books does she like? She likes the Bible. Well, that's good. And she likes the Twilight Saga. All right. Movies. Blindside, Dear John. Which my wife watched Dear John twice last night. I didn't watch either either the time. The last song, The Notebook, To Save a Life. Okay, movies are all right. Music, Taylor Swift, Carrie Underwood, Justin Bieber. Desperation Band. Television, American Idol, The Bachelor, Jersey Shore. Kind of a red flag going up there. A basic information about Brooklyn. I love life. I love being with my friends. I love to cheerlead and party it up on the weekends. I am single looking for love and I'm a huge romantic. 
Hmm, I don't know. I don't know. I'm a little iffy on that one, guys. All right, Sadie Martin, Rampart High School, class of 2014. Religious views, follower of Jesus Christ. Favorite quotations, supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, anyone could do it. The hard is what makes you great, league of their own. Movies, Transformers, Gladiator, The Hangover, Armageddon, and Home Alone. The Hangover kind of gives me a red flag there. Music, Eminem, Black Eyed Peas, Katy Perry, Usher, Keisha, and Kim Walker. That's a weird mix, but I got some red flags there too. Television, Skins, 16 and Pregnant. That's why I want to marry a girl who likes 16 and Pregnant. True Life, Supernatural Glee, Jersey Shore, Desperate Housewives. This chick's messed up. Activities, soccer, playing sports, camping, hiking, church. About Sadie, I'm very into sports and I'm extremely competitive. I love life. Every man dies, but not every man lives. There's Sadie. Let's talk about Trinity Jones. Trinity. Radical, passionate follower of Jesus Christ. Religious view. I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen. Not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. C.S. Lewis. That's pretty good. Praise if it all depends upon God. Lives if it all depends upon you. That's a Red Moon, Red Moon Rising quote. That's good. All right. Arts and Arts Books. The Bible, Red Moon Rising, Crazy Love, Mere Christianity, Power Through Prayer. This is looking good. To save a movies, to save a life, letters to God, Soul Surfer, Amazing Grace, Chronicles of Narnia. Music, Jesus Culture, Desperation Band, Hillsong, Carrie Job, Fly. Ooh, she's got a little fly leaf in there. Super Chick. Television, she says, too busy to watch TV. Activities, DSM, prayer, music, painting, coffee, photography, and art. Basic information, I love painting and art, but more than that, I love my Savior. I want my life to glorify him and all that I say and do. I want, to, I want to be a voice of truth to my generation. All right, guys, so you read those profiles. Which one would you choose on, let's say, a biblical basis? Trinity? How many would pick Sadie? Don't raise your hand. Put your hand down. How many would pick Brooklyn? How many of you would pick Trinity? All right, that's good. All right, girls, real quick, we're going to run through these. I'm not going to have time to preach tonight. Ian Peterson, religious views, Christian, sports, teams, Oklahoma Sooners football. I'd kick him out the door right now. Arts and entertainment, movies, Iron Man, Inception, Tommy Boy, Sherlock Holmes, Star Wars. Not bad. Music, Under Oath, Bob Marley, Dashboard, Confessional, Dave Matthews Band, and Nickelback. Television shows, Pawn Stars, The Office, Storm Chasers, The Family Guy. Activities, hanging with friends, skateboarding, video games, drums, about him. I'm a lot of fun to be around. I just love hanging with my friends, and I'm a pretty decent skateboarder, and I play way too much Call of Duty. That's Ian. All right, how about Jackson? Jackson, Lewis Palmer High School, class of 2012. Uh, religious views, Jesus Christ is my life. Favorite quotations, stand for character, fall for reputation. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Uh, favorite teams, Boston Red Sox, Denver Broncos, and the Florida Gators. That's a weird mix. Movies, To Save a Life, Elf, Braveheart, The Patriot, X-Men, and Fantastic Four. 
Music Desperation Band, Hillsong United, Jesus Culture, and Owl City. Activities, going to church, leading a prayer group, serving at the Dream Center, basketball, baseball, about Jackson. I love God with all my heart and soul. He is my life, my passion, the reason I get up every day. He has radically changed my life, and I owe him everything. I just want to make a difference in my high school, my community, and for the people to see the love of Jesus Christ in me. Sounds pretty good, ladies. Let's look at Ethan. Homeschooled, class of 2014. Religious views, says religious. Favorite quotation, champions aren't made in the gyms. Champions are made from something they have a deep, they have deep inside of them, a desire, a dream, a vision. Muhammad Ali. Um, favorite teams or athletes, David Beckman, Sean White, Muhammad Ali. Movies, Cinderella Man, remember the Titans, Coach Carter facing the Giants, Rocky. Music, Drake, Lil Wayne, Chris Brown, Rihanna, Jay-Z. Activities. Mountain biking, snowboarding, soccer, boxing. About Ian, he says, well, I almost thought I stepped off the steps there. I am the life of the party. I love a good time, and the ladies dig me. Call, text me if you want to talk. All right, ladies, which one would you pick? Ethan, Jackson, or Ian? I would go for Jackson if I were you. See, you can tell. You can tell, you can tell just by looking at a simple profile what people believe. If there's someone you're interested in, I'd go straight to their Facebook. I'd read their profile. I want to know where their heart is. I want to know what the stuff, I want to know what they're watching. I want to know what they're consumed with. Like that last dude we read, man, he was all about sports. I mean, he was just, he was all about sports, all about those things. He'd be an idol. I'd go, I'd, go, I'd go look at this stuff. You need to know. You can tell a lot by just reading what people write and what people post, what people put. So there's a Hollywood way to date. And the Hollywood way to date is how culture tells us to date. It's how all of media uh, tries to teach us the, the way that we should date. And the Hollywood way is step one, you find the right person. Find the right person. The key to love is finding the right person, the one who is just right for you. He or she is out there. You just have to be on the lookout. I mean, they're the right one. There's just one, and they're the right ones for you. You got to be on the lookout, so you should cruise around. You should keep your eyes peeled when you're at the mall, when you're at the movies, when you're at the drive-thru. You never know. The lady waiting at the drive-thru might be cute, or the guy. I mean, you got to be, you got to be, you know, waiting at Starbucks, Saving the world online. Maybe you'll meet somebody online saving the world. I don't know. Or, or, or something like that. Hollywood way. Step one. Find the right person. There's one person that's right for you. Step number two. Fall in love. When you find that special someone, something is just going to click. And you're just going to know. I mean, love is completely based on chemistry. Not knowledge or character. Just chemistry. This is the Hollywood way. You will know you're in love because you have all these butterflies. You have all these mushy feelings and you won't be able to keep them out of your mind and you'll think about them all day and every day. Love is a feeling. And those butterflies will last about one week. Number three, Hollywood way, third step. Fix your hopes and dreams on this person for all your future fulfillment. And the movies, love overrides every other decision. A virgin is willing to give him or herself to another person because he or she has finally found true love. This true love will now become the object of your life, your future, your dreams, and your satisfaction. 
In fact, the whole relationship will become about you. Hollywood also provides us with a convenient plan B. When things get shaky, when things get tough, we drift apart, we fall out of love, or we just don't feel the same about that person anymore. And maybe one day we come to the realization that, man, maybe we just chose the wrong person. Maybe I thought they were that one special person just for me, but maybe they're the wrong person. When we start feeling that way, we move to step four. Step four of the Hollywood way is if failure occurs, repeat steps one through three. Basically, you can start over if you want. That's Hollywood's way. That's what our media is communicating. Almost every show you watch, everything online, every story you hear, that's how relationships are being communicated. Now, there's other myths about dating than just the Hollywood way. Myth number one, and I'm going to try to go through these pretty quick. The Bible doesn't say anything about making how. The Bible doesn't say anything about making out or how far is too far. Another myth about dating. And it's true that the words making out do not occur in God's word. They don't occur. They're not found there. Because of this, some people take this as a license to do whatever they want. But let me read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. It says, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Now, the first phase of this verse says to flee or run away from sexual immorality. Immorality. I mean, if you walked into the room and you opened the door and you saw a, a ticking time bomb sitting there with 30 seconds left on the little counter, I mean, what, are you going to pull up to the table and have a cup of coffee? No, you're going to flee. You're going to run. You're going to get out of there as fast as you can. That's what we need to do. That's what we need to do when these issues start coming up. Because the arrogant person who thinks he or she can handle any situation or diffuse any situation or thinks that they have really strong willpower, like, oh, that won't happen. I'll place myself in that position or that relationship or in a place I shouldn't be in, but don't worry, I can handle it. I'll be fine. A person who is arrogant, who thinks they can handle any situation, they're the ones that are going to have the time bomb of sex or making out, or going too far, blow up in their face. Because maybe you can. Maybe you can handle it with your own willpower for the first couple times, but you will never handle it in the long run. I promise you. This is the kind of danger sexual temptation presents. If you're dumb enough to believe that you can mess around with it safely, you're in for a big surprise. The question we have to ask ourselves is, is am I honoring God in this situation with my thoughts, with my motives, and with my actions? Am I honoring God? Am I bringing honor and glory to God? Am I being a reflection of Christ in this situation that I'm finding myself in right now? Ephesians chapter 5 verse 3 says, but among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Not even a hint. This means we have to be aware of our thoughts, of our actions, of some of those selfish desires or selfish motives that kind of arise in our heart when we're in a dating relationship with the opposite sex. 
Myth number one. So myth number two. Myth number two is setting boundaries will take care of all my problems. Setting boundaries will take care of all my problems. I wish this were so. I wish it were so. Now, it's it's absolutely necessary to set boundaries. Don't get me wrong. You need to set boundaries now. In fact, you need to set boundaries before you even enter into a relationship. If you're not in a dating relationship, you set boundaries now for yourself. And then you stick to them. You don't wait till you're in one. You see, your fight isn't just physical. It's mental and spiritual too. And Jesus made it clear when he said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 28, but I tell you the truth, anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Ouch, that, that hurts a little bit. Jesus sets the bar high. And you can keep your pants zipped from now until your wedding day, but it won't keep you safe from sexual sin. The young person's imagination is a state-of-the-art, industrial-strength machine, especially when it comes to sex. So no matter where you draw your boundaries physically, you still have to attend to your eyes. You still have to attend to your thoughts. However, let's set some boundaries right now while we're talking about them because boundaries are going to really help, especially when they're premeditated, especially when we set them in advance. So here's how to set boundaries. Whether you're in a relationship now or not, you need to set boundaries for yourself that will honor God, that will please God. And now when you're setting boundaries for yourself, don't think in terms of first base, second base, third base. Don't think in those types of terms. Don't think in that language because no, it doesn't matter what you tell yourself before the game. Because when you're on the field, I'm using the whole analogy that's pretty relevant in youth culture. If you don't know what it means, just ignore it. Sooner or later, you're going to try to stretch a single into a double. Pretty soon, you're going to try to steal a base. It will not last long. So don't think in those terms when you're setting boundaries. Think always, how am I going to honor God? How will I please God? In every situation, that's the boundary I want to set. So instead, set your boundaries with God. Lust begins when you stop trying to please Him with your body and you start trying to please yourself. So make that your boundary line. The moment you stop thinking about living holy, the moment you stop thinking about pleasing God and you start thinking about the sexual urge, you start thinking about the the desire, you start thinking about that person that you're very, very passionately attracted to all the time, it's going to happen. You're going to find yourself between a rock and a hard place. And whether it happens while you're kissing, hugging, holding hands, or staring at the girl or guy who's walking in front of you, that's the moment you need to hit the brakes and do a 180, about, an about face. You've got to protect your heart, protect your eyes, protect your mind. Take those thoughts captive. Boundaries are not just for dating couples or those in relationships. They should be set for you individually, mentally, spiritually, physically. For example, this means, man, if you struggle at night, if you struggle at night laying in bed with your mind and thoughts which six out of 10 times leads into masturbation and leads into some of those other sexual sins, then you better make sure your routine changes at night. Don't lay there brainless and mindless. Put some worship music on. Get your Bible out. Read three chapters a night before you go to sleep. Whatever it takes, change your routine. Anything that will renew your mind and refocus your mind on the things of God. It means if your computer is giving you fits with pornography, you get rid of your computer. You make sure it's in a public place like a living room and you don't get onto it unless there are people at home 
You set boundaries. And if you're dating and you're in a dating relationship, it means you make sure you guard your thoughts because that person you're dating is someone's future wife or future husband. You guard your thoughts. It means you don't end up alone in the basement watching a movie or end up alone at midnight sitting in a car in a dark parking lot. You don't go over to your girlfriend or boyfriend's house when there are no parents at home. That's only going to lead to trouble. And it may be safe the first couple times, but it's not going to stay safe. It's going to lead to more. It means you wouldn't do anything with that boyfriend or girlfriend that you wouldn't do with them if your dad or your mom were standing in the room with you. It means you sit down and set boundaries for yourselves together that are God-honoring, that will make yourselves accountable to someone You set boundaries with one another, and then you make yourselves accountable to someone in authority over you, whether it be a parent, whether it be a youth worker, a volunteer, a youth pastor. This is what I've told. I've I've, I've been doing this for 13 plus years. I have seen brokenness and heartache around every corner. You get into a dating relationship. You set your boundaries. You should already have them set, so it should be a pretty easy conversation with the one you're dating. You set your boundaries together. You write them down. You take them to your youth pastor and you, or someone that is in authority over you, and you say, will you hold me accountable to this? These are the boundaries that we've set in our relationship. And you give them per- permission to ask you tough questions, to question you, to, to really hold you accountable. That's what you do. That's about the only way it's going to work. That's the only way that you're not going to end up in heartache and brokenness and with emotional issues. Myth number three. Being accountable to someone will keep me on the straight and narrow. No, it won't. It helps. It's great. You should do it. But it doesn't promise you the straight and narrow. Guys, if you're determined and intent on satisfying those urges, you will always find a way to get around any fail-safes you've created or put in place for yourself. However, accountability is a great deterrent because you know that whoever is keeping you accountable is gonna ask you the tough questions and you're gonna to have to give them an answer so you can answer truthfully and get a real kick in the butt or you can lie and become not only sinful in your purity issues, but you can become a deceitful friend too. Accountability is a great deterrent. It will help you. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, The Lord our God has secrets known to no one. We are not accountable for them, but we and our children are accountable forever for all that he has revealed to us so that we may, be, so that we may obey all the terms of these instructions. Hebrew 4, chapter, or chapter 4, verse 13, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. We're going to be accountable. We're going to have to answer for our actions. Let's talk about the spiritual guidelines on dating. We're going to roll right through these. The spiritual guidelines on dating. This is what you set for yourself. Number one, are they passionate about Christ? That's what you look for in a girl or a guy. When you're looking to date someone, the first question you ask, are they passionate about Jesus Christ? You know, you're a light of the world, a town built on a hill. Uh, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp or put it under a bowl. So they put it on a stand, it gives light to everyone in the house. Are they passionate for God? Are they a light to the world? Does their attitude reflect Christ? Next question. Does their attitude reflect Christ? 
It means, are they defined by Galatians chapter 5, 19 through 23 and the fruits of the Spirit? Are they defined by joy and peace and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? Or are they defined by idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like? What defines them? What defines their life? What are, what are their attitudes? Next, does their speech reflect Christ? So, does their life reflect Christ? Does their attitude reflect Christ? Does their speech reflect Christ? Are the things you're hearing them say reflect a reflection of Christ? I mean, are they, when you're with them, are they talking bad about people all the time? Are they talking about their friends behind their backs? Are they talking about their parents in a disrespectful way? I mean, are there, is their speech a reflection of Christ? Makes a big difference. If they're talking bad about someone else to you, what makes you think they're not going to be talking bad about you when they're with their friends? That's what happens. Last part of number one there, do their actions reflect Christ? Do their actions reflect Christ? I love Romans 12, 1 through 2 in the message. So here's what I want you to do, God, helping you take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life. Place it before God as an offering. Embracing... What God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. That's why I like reading profiles. In fact, I read some of your profiles. If you're friends with me on Facebook, I've looked at some of your profiles. And trust me, I will not hesitate to say something if I see something that's off. You can tell a lot by someone's actions. You can tell a lot. So that was number one. Are they passionate about Christ? First thing you look for. Second thing you look for. Do they build you up and inspire you to go deeper in your faith? When you're with that person, do they build you up? Do they make you better? Are you a better follower of Christ? Do they lead you to the cross? Or do they lead you away from the cross? Do they build you up and inspire you to go deeper? Number three, do you find that your mind is constantly consumed with thoughts of that special someone? Do you find that your mind is constantly consumed with special thoughts of that someone? This is a problem. The majority of students don't have, now, don't get offended by this. This is just true. It's just true. The majority of students don't have a maturity level to enter into relationships and still keep focused on the plans of God. It's just the truth. Right? It's not a slam on you. It's just part of growing up. It's part of maturing. It's part of maturity. Psalm 10, four, 10 verse 4 says, In his pride the wicked man does not seek him in all his thoughts. There is no room for God. Matthew six thirty three. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And don't worry about who you're going to marry. Just know that God's got them. It's getting them ready. It's preparing them. Don't worry about that. God has it under control. Number four, do you see this person as someone you could spend the rest of your life with? Spiritual guideline. Do you see them as someone you could spend the rest of your life with? I mean, what's the point of getting into a relationship with someone that you can't see yourself in a relationship for the, for the long haul or in the future? Why get into a relationship now? I mean, the purpose of dating is not to find out what you don't like. It's to learn to be unselfish. 
how to honor God through your relationships. Dating someone just because leads to selfishness. Dating someone you know isn't right for you leads to selfishness. Dating someone for the wrong reasons, period, leads to selfishness. Philippians chapter 2 verse 3 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Last one, number five. Are you settling for less than God's best? Are you settling for less than God's best? Just don't get into a relationship to be in a relationship because three of your friends are in relationships and you don't want to be left out. I've had, I'll say it. I've had, I've had girls at my last church who were involved in frontline student leadership all drop out at the same time because they wanted boyfriends. And one of my stipulations was I don't want you to date this year if you're going to do frontline. I want you totally focused on God, his plans, his purposes for you. I don't want you to date. They wanted to date boys, so they dropped out of frontline. They dropped out of the, the spiritual, the spiritual uh, uh, engine that was taking them closer to God, the spiritual engine that was, that was burning a fire up inside of them and brewing a fire inside of them, and they cast it aside because they wanted to date. One relationship lasted three weeks. One lasted five weeks. I think the other one lasted like three days. Stupid. It's dumb. Ticked me off. Can't reason with them, though. So, are you settling for less than God's best? Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope in a future. Do you know, in all of my time as a youth pastor, 13 plus years, all of my time, I've gone through tons of relationships. I think I added up once. I think I've spoken to like 125,000 teenagers in 13 years. And all those teenagers and all those different students that I've known, that I've been close to, there's been, guess how many relationships that lasted and turned into marriage? One. One year. One relationship. And she was a senior no, she was a junior, and he had just graduated from college when they started dating. Or he just graduated from high school, sorry. That would have been like, I would have had counseling with them. She was a junior, he just graduated from high school. One relationship I saw last and turned into marriage. Every other relationship fell apart. And many of them fell apart with open wounds, broken hearts, scars, emotional issues. Guys, I can tell in 30 seconds whether you're physical or not. When I talk to a couple, I know right away. When I see a couple, I see how they interact, I can tell if they're physical or not. It's easy. You guys think you hide it, but you don't hide it very well. It will destroy you. The big thing you have to do is you have to set boundaries. Now, I know, now, listen. I'm going to wrap up here in just a second. My, my advice to you, my advice to you is not to date in high school. I just want to, that's my advice. Because it never works out. It just ends in hurt for the most part. But I know you're not going to listen to me. So I know some of you are going to date. Great. You're going to date. But here's what you have to promise. 
Promise that you'll set those boundaries. Promise you'll write them out. Promise you'll give them to me, someone else, someone on staff, some one of your leaders, and say, man, will you hold me accountable to these things? Put as many fail-safes into that relationship in order to keep that relationship focused on God so that you're leading that person in that relationship closer to the cross, not away from the cross, closer to Jesus. And when you break up, because 99.9% of you will break up. When you break up, it's not going to leave you devastated. It's not going to leave you broken. You're not going to be in my office crying and weeping. And that goes for, I've had a lot of guys crying in my office. If you'll just simply put boundaries in place, if you'll simply lend yourself to accountability, it will help you so much. It will save you. Because if you don't deal with some of those issues, you get into college, you don't deal with some of those issues, you get married, you're going to carry that stuff with you right into your marriage. When you walk into a marriage relationship, man, you want to walk in there, your heart is free, your mind is free, the past has been dealt with. That's what you want to do. Are you with me? Always Always set your boundaries based upon Scripture and upon God. Don't do any of this missionary dating stuff. I can't, I just don't get it. When, when a young guy or a young girl comes to me and they say, yeah, we started dating, I, I'm like, first thing I ask, this is the first question I'm going to ask you. Are they Christian? Do they follow Jesus? And, I say, and, and uh, so many times I get, well, they go to church. They've been coming to church with me. I've been inviting them to church. I've been bringing them to church. Oh, my goodness. I just don't get it. I don't understand. Do not be yoked together. How can light have anything to do with darkness? How can evil have anything to do with good? Don't yoke yourself together. I don't care if it's a dating relationship or marriage. Do not yoke yourself together with an unbeliever. It will cause you heartache and pain. Don't think and don't be arrogant enough to think Oh, I'll win them to Christ. I'll lead them to Christ. Because you know what's going to happen? You're going to be up here spiritually. They're going to be down here. And you're not going to raise them up. They're going to pull you down. Trust me. I've never seen it where they raise the other person up. Never. So we've got to be careful. We've got to choose the right people. We've got to make sure it lines up biblically and all that other good stuff. And over time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life.